Hello everyone! Welcome to the first ever episode of Arena On Air. My name is Miranda Goh and I'm the Management Fellow this season at Arena Stage. My name is Jordan Jackson and I'm the Marketing Fellow. And I'm Sky Lindbergh, the Media Relations Fellow. We're so glad you tuned in. We are just three of 16 fellows here at Arena this season. We're excited to introduce you to the Fellowship Program and look forward to passing this podcast down to next year's Fellows. The Alan Lee Hughes Fellowship began in 1990 and was named after Alan Lee Hughes, who started his long and celebrated career as a lighting designer at Arena Stage. There's a network of past fellows all over the world. We're lucky to have Juliet Carrillo in the studio to talk about her experience as a fellow during the 1991-92 season and how it shaped her as an artist today. But before we get into the interview, let's talk a bit more about what this podcast is and what Arena Stage is all about. We've created this podcast to give you a glimpse of how a regional theater like Arena Stage works from the inside out. When Molly Smith arrived here in 1998, she decided to make Arena's mission to produce American plays by American playwrights to tell American stories. Since then, we've been producing important work to tell the American stories. Our current production of Two Trains Running by August Wilson started in Seattle at Seattle Rep and is now completing its run at Arena Stage. August Wilson was dedicated to telling stories about the black experience to a diverse audience. His celebrated Pittsburgh cycle recounts the lives of African Americans from 1910 to 1990. Two Trains Running is our seventh August Wilson play to produce. Arena has also produced King Headley II in 2015 and has also produced Gem of the Ocean, The Piano Lesson, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Fences, and Joe Turner's Come and Gone. Let's welcome Juliet Carrillo, director of Two Trains Running at Arena Stage and alumni of the fellowship program. Welcome, Juliet. We're so happy to have you as our first interview for Arena On Air's Curtain Call segment. You're truly giving our listeners a behind-the-curtain look at your experiences. I'm honored to be here. Is this your first time back to Arena Center Fellowship? Basically, I came back once for a panel about Latinx theater many years ago, and uh, of course I was here for auditions, but uh, this is really the first time I've spent significant time here since since I left as a fellow. What brought you to Arena in the first place? I was assisting Doug Wager at Yale Repertory Theater. It was when I was in grad school. It was my third year, and he told me about the fellowship. He was the artistic director at the time, and he invited me to apply. Great. Yeah, so I I thought it was a good segue between grad school and the world, the outside world. Uh, so I took him up on his offer. What was your favorite part about the fellowship program? I got to assist Doug on the visit in the arena stage, uh, which was an amazing. It's an amazing play. We had an amazing designer, set designer. Um, all the designers were really interesting, and so it was an interesting experience for me to work in a regional theater with really fantastic designers, watching Doug at work with a really fantastic play. Um, I also got to assist Taswell Thompson, who also continues to direct here, Kyle Donnelly, who continues to direct here, and then I directed a production in what was at the time the Old Vat Room, which is a small theater mm-hmm. underneath mm-hmm. at the bottom of the... Uh, arena, the the basement of the arena, um, Kiss of the Spider Woman, uh, and that was that was really wonderful. I got to use a couple of the company members, uh, John Leonard Thompson and Tegel Boucher. 
So uh, that was that was a really special experience. What great directors you got to work with. Yeah, wow. That's actually really interesting that you got to work with Taswell Thompson, just considering the fact that he has also directed an August Wilson play here, and now he will direct an uh, August Wilson play here. If you could go back in time and tell your fellowship self one piece of advice, what would it be? You know, I wish that I was so focused on directing, and um, I wish that I had taken advantage of every little corner of this building and really gotten to know all of the departments really thoroughly and how everything worked and how a regional theater, the 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 gestalt of a regional theater works. Um, so that uh, I, I wish I had done more of that. I was I was just kind of a little. Uh, I had my horse blinders on because mm -hmm. I was so, so focused on directing. And when you're working in a regional theater as as a director, you really have to understand what's happening in the entire building um, because it's all serving your production. So uh, big picture, yeah. Is there any piece of advice you would give to young artists who aspire to a career in theater? To really follow your bliss, as Joseph Campbell used to say, that, you know, it's, it's not uh, a career that is linear or predictable. Mm -hmm. um, and so all you have is your passion and your heart. And that's what you have to bring and to give. And that's what's most interesting about you. That's how you can contribute to the American theater is bringing yourself, your full self to, to the work and to follow what you're passionate about. Uh, as opposed to do what you think you should do. So you're based in LA now. What do you like about the West Coast versus East Coast? I think there's so much cross-pollination happening between theaters, especially with co-productions, that I wouldn't say that there is a particular aesthetic uh, that's, that's particularly West Coast or East Coast. Um, I was brought up in California, so... I feel most comfortable there. I feel like I have Californian blood, you know? So uh, so that's, that's you know, where I live because of that. I did live in New York for a while. There's definitely, there's more of an edge on the East Coast. It's, all those cliches are true. There's definitely more of an edge. I think Californians are much more health conscious and they're much more, you know, they're much more environmental, environmentally conscious. All those cliches are true. Um, which fits for me. <laughs> um, but I feel very lucky that I've been able to do work in all parts of the country. And so, you know, I think it's healthy to, to dip into these different cities and around the United States and just check in. What's, what's going on here now? What's going on in Chicago? What's going on in New York? What's going on in D.C. Uh, as, a theater, as a theater being? And this is your first August Wilson play you've directed, correct? That's correct. What initially attracted you to Two Trains Running, and what have been some challenges approaching the work? Well, I've always admired uh, August Wilson from afar. Um, his language, his uh, complex and interesting characters and relationships. I, when I was at Yale, um, Lloyd Richards was the dean, and Lloyd Richards was the primary director for August Wilson's work and he mm -hmm. developed a lot of work including Two Trains Running. So um, I watched that world from afar. I remember Samuel Jackson and 
Lawrence Fishburne smoking outside of the rehearsal hall. Wow. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> yeah, we all used to kind of go, who are those guys? They're cool looking. You know? um, this is before they were really big famous. But I had, I had exposure um, as a young artist, and I used to, you know, kind of be in awe of the work. Um, but I never thought that, I never thought I would direct August Wilson's work because I'm not African-American. How this came about is that I, I have uh, a relationship with Constanza Romero, who is his widow. Um, she is a costume designer and has designed several shows that I've worked on at Seattle Repertory Theater. Um, and she said to me after the first show that we did together, have you ever thought about doing August Wilson? And I was like, well, yeah, but I can't, I can't do August Wilson, you know. Uh, so we talked about it, and she was really encouraging. I think she felt that I had... Uh, a, a certain sensitivity to to the kind of musicality that he brings forth and, and to the psychology of the characters. Uh, and so um, so it kind of kept coming around and she kept kind of checking in with me about it. Uh, and so when this opportunity came up with this co-production between Arena Stage and Seattle Rep, uh, Molly and I did not really know each other, but we had spoken on the phone about another project. We had kind of a peripheral relationship, and of course, Braden and I had already—I had already worked under Braden. Braden, Braden knew me well, so I think it, I think it was a combination of my, him hearing my thoughts about the play and this and the play. Uh, originally, we were going to do Joe Turner's *Come and Gone*, and that felt like a really perfect aesthetic fit. Um, cause I, I tend to like magical worlds. I tend to like heightened worlds. And so I wasn't, um, when he said, oh, we lost that. We lost the script to a Broadway producer. We, we can't get the rights. Um, we're going to do two trains running. I think both Braden and I thought, oh, that's not maybe my play. I don't know if it's my play. Um, but I said, let me, let me read it. And when I read it, it really spoke to me. I was surprised at how it spoke to me. It spoke to me because it felt so current um, in the, you know, it's, it's set in the middle of the civil rights movement. And I feel that even though it's at the periphery of the civil rights movement and we're not like actually at the rally, uh, we are with the people that are dealing with the issues of the civil, right, civil rights movement in a very personal um, and deep way and in a quiet way sometimes and that felt even more powerful to me than a play that if August had chosen to write a play that's set at the rally I did feel like the essence of the play the kind of the the theme that was really calling to me was um, this this idea of self-worth and the examination of what one person what what a human being deserves and what a uh, what it means to say this is what I I need want deserve and should have um, and that's every character has that moment in this play and I feel like we're at, we're at that time right now in our culture where with the hashtag me too with the Black Lives Matter, there is this movement towards like, no, this is our time. We need to be honored now. 
we need to be honored. Um, and so intuitively, it just felt like this is important play and I understand this play. I want to do this play. I really was like passionate about doing the play. And so I think um, when I talked to Braden, he, he heard that. I think it's a beautiful play to do right now, an important play to do right now. Another really crucial element in August Wilson's plays is, um, is music, um, especially blues. And how, or I don't know if you made it a point to uh, bring attention to like kind of like the lyrical nature um, of the dialogue that he creates with his characters. You can definitely tell, um, you know, within productions like Seven Guitars, um, or yeah, and even Joe Turner's Come and Gone, that there is like this type of cadence um, within, yeah, just within the way that the characters speak. Um, and that's, you know, based heavily on the fact that African American rhetoric does have like this very kind of like jazzy flow to it. Um, but I just wanted to know like if you did anything to enhance that or um, if like the way in which like the characters are, are like speaking, that's just more so based on like how the actors are performing it. I think I was doing it intuitively when I cast the actors that I cast because they're all ex incredibly musical actors. Um, in fact, we're thinking of doing Two Trains, the opera. After this. <laughs> no, in, in rehearsal, they've been they've been singing they've been singing this like literally singing the songs the the text in an operatic voice, and it kind of works. <laughs> that, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I don't I don't I, I do think it was an intuitive choice on my part to to cast what I cast. I mean, every single one of them have has really a wonderful singing voice and a wonderful musicality just intuitively naturally organically and so um so that that came through right away when we started I mean the first week through I heard it and I, I thought wow and then when we we came here after being away from it of course I'd been away from it more than the others um and we did a read through the first day here at arena I said this feels like a song, a favorite song that you haven't heard for a long time, and you get to hear it again. And they said, it feels like a favorite song that you get to sing. And it does feel like a song. This play feels like a song. Um, a blues song. Um, there's jazz, definitely. It's, it's got a lot of it's got a lot of musical influences. Congratulations on how wonderfully like it was accepted in Seattle, and again, just I hope like you know you continue to get the recognition and praise that you deserve for your direction um, while you're here. It, yeah, it's very it's incredible. Thank you, Jordan. You're welcome. You're making the fellows proud. <laughs> good, good. All right, so now we're going to do our lightning round. So answer these questions with the first thing that comes to your mind. Your favorite show to work on? Probably Lydia by Octavio Solis. I did three times, so it's very close to my heart, and Octavio and I have, have a very close um, partnership. If you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go? Lately, I've been wanting to go to Asia. Any specific country? Um, Vietnam, I think. I've also thought about going to Bali um, for the theater, of course. Yeah. 
favorite play you've seen recently? That's like like choosing your favorite child. <laughs> That's so mean. It's a mean <laughs> question. Um, yeah, I really liked Hold These Truths. I really liked that the, the production I saw here. Um, I know Jessica Kubansky, so it was great to see her work and also important themes um, to today, what's happening with the immigrant population today. And I knew about the internment camps, the Japanese internment camps, mm -hmm. and it was great to, to hear a personal perspective of that experience. So along with being a director, you're also a playwright. Can you tell us a little bit about your writing career? Um, yeah, it's, it's, I've always written, I've always loved to write, but I've never put myself out there professionally until pretty, probably the last five or six years. I did, I wrote a screenplay, uh, which I wrote, I wrote some short screenplays that got produced, and then I wrote a longer screenplay that is not, has not been produced yet. Um, and then I have been writing plays for my theater company, Cornerstone Theater Company, um, and which is a company that works in communities and does uh, outreach to the community to learn about the community. We do story circles and, and interviews, one-on-one -on -one interviews, and the playwright that's commissioned and writes the play for and about the community, and then we perform it with members of the community and the play, um, in the play alongside our professionals. So my first play was actually in East Salinas with the farm working community and uh, I had a remarkable experience there and wrote a play about three generations of female farm workers, which I actually just before coming here did a production of a revised, reworked version of that. Um, I pared it down. It was originally, it was huge. It was like 35 people and it was uh, much more about the community. And I took that play and I, I uh, shrunk it down to eight actors and really got to the essence of what the, the uh, story was about and the relationships. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that was an, an enormously satisfying. I did, a, I did a student production at UC Irvine where I teach. Um, so I am now going to take it out into the world and shop it around. And what's after Two Trains Running? Are there any next steps that you can share with us? Well, I, I am going to be directing for Cornerstone Theatre Company in, this, in the summer. I go back and I finish the quarter out and then I go to New York. We're going to be doing a project in Queens, New York this summer. Well, thank you for being here and speaking with us. As fellows, it's very cool for us to see you out in the world exploring your craft. Thank you again, Juliet. Check out our next episode featuring Edgar Doby, the executive director of Arena Stage. And have you heard about Arena's summer musical premiere, Dave? If you have questions about the show directed at one of the artists working on the show, such as Drew Gelling or Tina Landau, send us your questions on Twitter by using the hashtag DearDave. Thanks, Thanks for, for signing, signing on! on.